Hi, everyone. I'm Barbara Beck, host of Welcome Home on Good Life 45. And you're listening to my good friends, Fritz, Mike, and Tina, right here on God Stories Radio, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world through the power of the Christian testimony. Keep listening for a big blessing from the Lord. WGSR, bringing hope and comfort to the world, 24 hours a day. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast, www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome to this edition of God Stories Radio. This is session 286. I'm your producer, Fritz. And I'm Tina. And we are God Stories Radio. Yep. And we got some special people in the studio tonight. We have my brother, Joe, back in the house tonight. Good evening, everybody. And special guest, Kelly. Hi. Hey, welcome. Yes. We have looked forward to this. Fantastic. I know. It's nice to have a guest in the studio. Right? Yeah. So welcome, Kelly. I'm glad to be here. What's going on over there? It's been quite a week, you know, just trying to get my brain around the fact that it's December already. When did that happen? Jeez. I mean, I know when it happened, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's questionable. (laughs) It happened a couple of days ago. Yeah, something like that. What's going on over there, Joe? You know, just looking a, dapper tonight when you glasses. Oh, it's a lie. Still got a face no, for radio. I know. Still got a face for radio. <laughs> no, uh, thing, things are good. Things have been uh, a little quieter at work. It, it's December, which has been nice. We're in final crunch time for a lot of reporting and analytics that have to happen. But uh, a lot of the, the big pressure items are done. So it's nice to be winding down. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, cool. Uh we got any uh, likes, dislikes, concerns? <laughs> we do have a few Facebook likes. And, oh, fabulous. Um, I'm hoping that I, I've got everybody. If I didn't shout your name out, please definitely get in touch with me and let me know. Um, but we'd like to say thank you to Tony Weschler for liking us. Tony, welcome. Welcome to the GSR family. Thank you for liking us. And we'd also like to say thank you to Jill Flory. Jill, welcome. Welcome to the GSR family. And last but not least, we would like to say thank you to Jim Orm or Orme. I'm not really sure how you say his well, name. Well, Jim, welcome. We we can get that first name right. Hopefully. <laughs> welcome, Jim. Thank Without you for issue. liking us. <laughs> Man, I'm excited tonight because uh, I'm I want to welcome um a few more countries Ooh, to the really? GSR family. Yeah. I want to, uh, big shout out to Italy. Wow. Welcome Italy. Yeah. That's um, great. Uganda awesome. is with us now. Welcome Uganda and Nepal. 
Welcome, Nepal and Tanzania. That's awesome. Yeah, Tanzania and Korea. Ah. Republic of uh, Sweden, uh, Vietnam. My goodness. Ireland. Wow. And Croatia. Well, that's fantastic. Right? So many countries. Holy smokes. Well, we welcome our brothers and sisters out there in those countries and uh, let us hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Send us an email. Let us know you're listening and the show is blessing you and uh, we appreciate you listening out there. Thank you so very much. It's so encouraging. It is encouraging. I logged on today and I saw that and I went, wow. Does, uh, does that little doodad tell you how many you've got in total? It does. Um, probably not the screen you're on. So I put you on the spot, yeah. asked you a question you weren't prepared yeah, for. I was not prepared for that. Now I'm trying to fill but time. That's okay. And we're awkward. And the, now you hear the crickets. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, well, I'll have those numbers at, at a later time. Works for me. But uh, welcome, everybody. From Italy, Uganda, Nepal, Tanzania, Korea, Sweden, Vietnam, Ireland, and Croatia. Very exciting. And I think Nepal is in India, but I know that that gives you regions as well as countries, right? Yeah. And there's a new app out there. Uh, it's uh, Ghana or Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, I think it is. And they're just blowing it up. It's uh -huh. our second most listened to app other than Spotify here in the States. And then our Libsyn Classic feed, which comes off our website, um, almost 800 listens out there. That's pretty this exciting. Week. Yeah. It really is. I mean, and that's all God because. Sure is. It's not like we do anything to, you know, make any of that happen. I mean, people have to go organically and find us and listen to us. So that's pretty exciting. That they do. And it's, uh, it's God's gig and it's been our hope all along just to bring hope and comfort to the world. Amen. It's been our that. only agenda since we got started. Amen. All right. Enough jibber-jabber. You ready to get into it? I'm going to throw it over there to my good buddy, and uh, he's going to introduce our special guest tonight. Well, let's do it. I, I'm uh, I'm excited. We we met last week, and Fritz, you and I did a show and had a, a lot of talk about where the heck is, is this going to go? Is God Stories Radio going to go? And I think it was the next day that uh, our guest tonight in the studio contacted me and said that uh, she was ready to to get into her testimony for for some other things. Uh, well, God set that up, didn't he? Right, and I I, I pitched the podcast, and uh, I've been I've been asking her for a while, but uh, the timing was finally right. So, uh, with us tonight in studio is a friend of mine, Kelly. She she and I are uh, neighbors, and I'll tell you, I, I'm surprised that she's sitting here and and that we're friends to this day because I'll never forget when we moved to Florida. <laughs> Uh, it was probably about eight years ago. The very first time I, I ever met Kelly was the day that I moved in to the, to the neighborhood. And we have a chocolate lab. And at the time, this dog was, I don't know, two years old, Psycho. hyper excited. We come out the front door. And the next thing I know, these, these folks that we've never met before pull in across the street. They open the, the door to their minivan and my dog just tears off across the street. And all I can see <laughs> is my dog spinning like a top inside of their van, yep. just licking all the children and, and saying hello to everybody. And uh, I thought, man, these people are never, ever going to talk to us again. She but, fits uh, right in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but uh, th this is Kelly and, and Kelly, we're sure uh, excited to have you here in studio tonight. Welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful yeah. thing that you're doing. Thank here. you. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you, Kelly. So glad you could be a part. You know, not everybody says yes. We ask a lot of people <laughs> and we did, Joe, um, we did get a good response from our 
our call to action on the last show and some people have reached out given ideas and 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 so forth and we'll we'll touch on those later but uh Kelly, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, let me start with saying that Joe has asked me a number of times to come on. And um, I just want to share that I have read this book called This is Awkward. um, And it is one of my favorites. It's by Sammy Rhodes. Um, And in this book, he talks about the benefit of the second story. And what that's about is sharing your story, sharing your testimony, gives someone the benefit of going second So when you're vulnerable and when you're sharing something that is deeply personal and deeply um, private or just uh, something that that relates to you in a way that maybe that opens them up to you, uh, it gives them the chance to know you and to share parts of themselves that they might not have if they hadn't had the chance to hear your story first. Um, So uh, it's funny because I brought that book along with me tonight. And uh, just as a good reminder to do these things, um, that God gives us these stories, but our story is really a part of his big story. Amen. Uh, So uh, I'm glad to be here and to share a part of my story. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, So I just wanted to start by saying um, the, the basis of my story and a big part of um, my childhood and growing up and even my story today is about, is about mental illness. Um, I grew up with a mother who was bipolar and I just want to say that mental illness is a thing. I think that for so much of my childhood, um, I was around people who weren't sure what that looked like and they were scared to talk about it. It was like a, a thing that no one wanted to address because everyone was kind of worried about what that looked like or they weren't sure how to engage with that. Um, and also you can take and people can take medication for mental illness and still have trouble with it um, or they cannot take medication and, and really definitely struggle with it. Um, so it was it was a thing for my mother and it was very difficult growing up in, an, in a home where a mother was unstable with that and what it looked like for us. Um, I was one of three children and I have two older brothers. My oldest brother is adopted um, and my second brother is biological. So I have two older brothers. Um, and what it looked like when she was depressed um, in periods where she was depressed is that she would be in her room for weeks at a time, um, just not coming out and being in her bed. Um, and we would try to engage with her, bring her meals. Uh, she would be on the phone occasionally with friends, just crying. Um, we were as children always convinced that it was us, um, that was causing her pain. Uh, what were we not doing or what were we doing too much of that was contributing to, um, to her being upset? Uh, so there was a lot of that going on. Actually, before she adopted my oldest brother, Justin, she actually returned a child that she had adopted during a depressive time for herself. Um, So it also looked like uh, many trips to mental institutions for months at a time. So when your mom is gone for a significant period of time, that's difficult as a child, too, to grow up without your mom present and uh, with a dad who worked full time and wasn't wasn't there for a lot of that. So uh, that was very difficult. And also um, she would. Uh, very much at times mention and 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 say that she was uh, going to take her life, and that's definitely something that was scary as a child to think that that might actually be a possibility for her. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, uh, mania was worse because uh, when she was manic, she would spend and do crazy things. You know, she would go to J.C. Penney and spend two thousand dollars on one trip. Uh, she would go and buy a house. Um, by herself. (laughs) She would uh, call me. She still does calls me sometimes like 20 times in one day. 
um, and just obsess over things. Like I remember when I was in middle school, my grandmother was hit and killed by a uh, drunk driver and the man who killed her, uh, my mom has his name written in her address book. I don't know how many times, and I don't know how many times she's tried to make contact with him, but being manic in that manic state, she's just very obsessive. So what that meant for me as a child is that I became at a very young age, a caretaker for my mother um, instead of the other way around, which is what we were typically, you know, looking to be as a child. Um, I felt very trapped in that house. Um, I remember one time I was, we were driving to church on a Sunday morning. She did take us to church occasionally. And I remember thinking, what if she drove off this bridge right now? Because I was always worried often that she was going to going to attempt her life. And I remember worrying, would I go to heaven? Would I, what would that look like for me? And when I got to church that Sunday and I actually asked the pastor, um, the, uh, one of the, one of the Sunday school pastors at the time, uh, what that looked like. And, uh, I ended up talking with them and, uh, and praying to receive Christ and just, um, learning more about him at that moment. And that was a big life-changing moment for me. Um, and I'm so thankful for that, but there were still a lot of difficult times for me. And I remember really feeling trapped, um, in my, in my, uh, stage of life when my brothers went away for college, my brothers were seven and eight years older than me. So when they went away for college, I was alone with my mom in that house. And I remember one, um, on one occasion, we were getting ready for a homecoming dance when I was in ninth grade. Um, and I was a tomboy. I have two older brothers. So I didn't own a dress. I was not one to own a dress. And I just remember um, asking my mom if she would take me shopping so I could get a dress because I did want to go to this particular dance. And my mom saying that she would take me. And she kept telling me, I will take you. I will take you. I just can't take you right now. I'll take you on this date. But then that day would come and she would not be able to take me. So I remember realizing at one point that it was just never going to happen. She was not going to take me. Um, and I just think, I remember thinking this is going to be my life. And that night I tried to take my own life. I took, um, I found the pills on top of our refrigerator and I took the remaining pills that were in a container. Um, and I just remember that night being a very difficult one for me. Uh, my dad figured out what was happening and I went to the hospital and I got my stomach pumped, which is definitely not a fun event. Um, and I remember later, um, several hours later, when when I was coming home with my father, him asking me, how can I trust you? Um, and just in that moment of vulnerability for and wanting help and just someone to care for me, instead of finding that, he was asking me, how can I trust you? Instead, like, I need you to take care of the situation. I need you to be there. Um, how can I trust you to move on from here? Um, so it definitely felt hard and heavy. And I just remember um, that being very difficult. And my heart was very hardened at the time. And so when I went through high school, I put myself in a lot of situations that were not great. In fact, um, when I was in uh, my junior and senior year of high school, I was working in a, uh, in a place where I got very close to a manager I was working with and um, actually was in a situation with that manager where I had a feeling that um, something awkward was happening there. And I, uh, and I, I, I knew that it was a bad situation. I just remember actually asking him um, and, and mentioning to a friend that I thought something weird was happening there. And my friend uh, mentioned it to other people at the workplace. And it was almost this joke, like, how could she think that I would have feelings for her? And next thing I knew, um, 
it was, it was definitely called out to where I felt like I was being irrational and just crazy for thinking that. Um, and this person that I was trusting and that I really, uh, looked to as a mentor and that was a manager in his thirties. Um, and, uh, and then I felt horrible and just ridiculous that I would ever assume that about him and come to find out a few months later when, um, when I was having a really rough night with my mom, I went to his house um, and we were chatting and talking and then uh, some things happened and it ended up being that I was right all along. And that was a very, that was a very hard situation for me to realize. That was my first um, experience with that. That was um, uh, just something that just my whole life, I think um, I've just had to deal with because it was very difficult and I felt like I should have trusted myself and my instincts. Um, and it started something inside of me that, um, I've always and, and struggled with since then. And that was cutting. So in high school, I started that and it definitely extended through college. So when I went off to college and, um, church was not on my radar, God was not even on my radar. I felt so angry with God because I felt like in that moment, in that situation with that manager, if he was a good God, he would have protected me from that. I had chosen to stay a virgin until I got married. I'd chosen to be a good kid. I took care of my mother. I made great grades in school. I went to UF. Um, I did so many things right. And where was he? Why didn't he show up? Why didn't he protect me from that? And I just remember being so angry um, and I just never stepped foot in a church in college. Um, so I got married and we had a baby and she was beautiful and she was born. And then she had this thing called persistent pulmonary hypertension. And it is a, it is a condition where your blood does not have enough oxygen in it. And it was so scary. We had no idea that she was going to have any problems. And when she had that, when she was born, we didn't know if we, we were going to lose her. They came to us at 2 a.m. and asked her if we wanted to have her baptized. And I just remember in that moment thinking, we didn't know if she was even going to be a boy or a girl, never considered that she would be unhealthy. And I just remember thinking, I wish that there was something I can do for her. Like I couldn't even give her a blood transfusion, which she needed at the time because there wasn't enough time to do that. And the only thing I could absolutely do for her was pray. Yet that was the best thing I could possibly do for her in that moment. It was the only thing and it was the best thing at the same time. And I just remember getting on my knees before God and just begging for her life and asking her to asking him to spare her life. Um, and it just was this moment of where has he been? Where have I been? Why have I not been calling out to this God who has been so good um, and who has been there all along? It wasn't that he left me. It was that I had turned away from him and he had been there all along and he spared her life. Um, and he would have been a good God, regardless if he spared her life or not. Um, but it was just that moment where I came back um, to him. And he has just really, over the years, over the last, she's going to turn 16, actually, in two weeks. Oh, my goodness, I have five children, and she's going to be driving. I just don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> Nobody's but, prepared yes, for that. It is crazy. Um, but over the last 16 years, I have just really engaged with God in a way that I um Hatton as a child. I think I have just grown so much. And um, just because so much life has happened since then, and like there's so many things that about my life that just led to so much shame. So now I've had to deal with that in so many other levels um, that I didn't have as a child when I first came to know God. Um, and just learning about how patient God is with me, like um, when my child makes the same mistake over and over again, I think that is the one thing that drives me the most crazy. Like I, you know, if they make different mistakes, yeah, that's frustrating. But when they make the same mistake over and over again, I want, you know, sometimes I just want to squeeze them. Um, but, 
But with God, I, he, we make the same mistakes over and over again. I just don't even understand. And I can't even wrap my mind around how patient he is with us over and over again. His grace is never ending. And I just can't even understand that sometimes um, and how loving he is. I just love the verse. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? Yet not one of them fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs on your head are numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. And I love the, and, and I like how gracious God is. I love this verse about his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And that's in Lamentations 3.23. He provides grace upon grace. So as I still sometimes struggle with things like even cutting sometimes at times, which has been something that in my life, I'm like, that is something that definitely causes me shame because I feel like that is a teenage problem or that is a, that is something that, but it is something that for me has defined me as a person who with a bipolar mother, I have learned to cope in that way, not showing emotion, not crying because I didn't want to become like her. Um, so that was a way that I managed it for so long that that is something that sometimes still rears its head. Um, and instead of letting that define me as a shameful thing about my life, uh, just knowing that God is using that. And I recently said to a friend, I cannot wait until this is completely behind me. Um, and then I said to her, I can't wait to use this as a part of my redemption story. And she said something that really stood out to me. She said, Kelly, this is already a part of your redemption story. And that really stood out to me as something that is totally true and not something I was seeing um, and definitely a perspective I needed to change. Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's a really incredible testimony that you have. I, I'm, I was just like hanging on to every word. Yeah. Um, it, you know, what do you do when, a parent has a, a mental issue like that because that's your world, you know, as your parents, when you're young, you're looking to them to be your beacon. Um, and praise God that you found God so early that you were able to cling to him as a beacon um, and get you through because your dad had kind of put the responsibility of taking care of your mom on you. And then you had a mom that was kind of all over the place emotionally. So you had nobody to really be there just for your needs and to say, just see how you were doing. And yet you managed to maintain good grades through all of that and be a good kid and have a moral compass. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's, it really is because you basically had to raise yourself. And I know your brothers were older than you, but they must have been really good brothers as well. Yes, that, that is very true. Um, one of my brothers, my second brother, actually, for a long time was interested in going into seminary and uh, he would write poetry. And that was kind of the way that he dealt with a lot of what was going on internally within him. And he kept those books very private. But I, I wish and I hope that one day he um, decides to share those because there is so much depth to what he wrote in there, so much about God mm -hmm. that he has to share. Um, but also, you know, there was a, you know, a phase, um, and a good number of years where when I had a ride and can make it to youth group, I was involved and there were people there that really leaned into my life in ways that were very meaningful. Um, and those were the people that, uh, 
that definitely helped me and that God intentionally put in my life for that, um, for that purpose, I think. And um, I'm incredibly grateful to them as well. That's great. I, so, you know, even though sometimes it seems like God's not there, he's planted people along the way. You know, the thing that I always remember, because bad things happen to good people, you know, and God tells us in this world, we will have trouble. It's not that we won't, we definitely will have trouble because he gave everybody free will. And so that means the people who interact with you as well, they have choices to make too. And unfortunately, their choices can be good or bad as far as their intentions towards another person. And, you know, we get caught up in that. Um, but we have to remember that God intervenes and he's there. It may not be the type of intervention that we expected or anticipated, but he allows us to go through things because they mold and shape our character as well. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have that conversation a lot with my son, um, my youngest son, who's 18. And it, it's a tough question. And it's hard to explain sometimes why bad things happen to people that are, are good. Absolutely. You know, they didn't ask for it. They didn't intend for you know, anything bad to happen, but yet bad things happen. Um, but we are subject to other people um, and the choices that they make. Yes, it's true. And, you know, recently um, I was talking with someone and they, they knew about um, a little bit about my story before I had the chance to share with them. And at first um, I was really concerned about that. Like I almost wanted to protect it. Like it was this thing that I wanted to keep hidden and no one could see. And how dare you see inside of that without me sharing. Um, and when I realized that she already knew a little bit about it, I tried to speak to it quickly and make sure that I could protect how it was presented to her. Um, but quickly I realized uh, once again, that is really not mine. It's not mine at all. And then I, from that sharing is this beautiful relationship that has developed when she has realized that I am a person too. I'm human. I'm imperfect. And I am chasing a God who is a redeemer just like she is because we, we need him. Like we cannot make it through this world, through this life, through all of these things without him because we are constantly after him and we're constantly in search for the person who provides hope to this life when things get difficult and when thing, bad things happen to good people. Well, you, you started the show tonight talking about mental health being the kind of the, the main topic. And you said a few things that, that really struck me. One was uh, about you can be on medication for mental health and still have problems and you can not be on medication and still have problems, but it, nothing to to the level of, of some of what you shared. And thank you for being so vulnerable because it's, it's important. I think that we all are willing to say it out loud. It was hard for me to say it out loud the first time when I started dealing with uh, anxiety a couple of years ago. And I've always been a confident person and, and bold and outgoing and I'm an extrovert and I'm just used to being in front of people. And it was mortifying when I started having panic attacks and things like that. And there's still a lot of people really close to me that unless they've listened to this podcast, have no idea that I take medication for that even to this day. And I, I got off it and I was so proud of myself and had to start again. And 
it really humanizes and, and helps, I think, to, to say these things out loud and to be vulnerable and to share because so many people are truly going through it yes. and feeling so embarrassed by it. And we shouldn't. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So that's one of the biggest questions when I share this about my mother is that people are like, well, why doesn't she take her medication? And I want to tell them she absolutely has taken medication. Um, it's just that sometimes mental illness is such a big um, a big deal. It is a really big deal for some people. Um, and she has really struggled despite medication. Um, and some people I think take medication and it does wonders for them. Um, and that's great. And I think that medication is a huge blessing that God has given us, um, just like glasses to see when you drive home. Um, and I think that it is, is definitely a blessing from God and and there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. Um, and for years I, I would not see a counselor because I viewed it as something that my mom did and I wanted to do everything different from my mother. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do one thing that resembled my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't see a counselor, which is actually the worst thing that I can do to, to keep from becoming my mom because there are things I needed to address that needed counseling to do that. Um, so uh, just breaking into that, that breaking that mold of, okay, counseling, that's a thing. You might need to go to counseling and that's okay. And that's healthy. In fact, you might need medication and that's okay. And that might be healthy. In fact, all of those things, um, there's just this mindset that I think that we were, that sometimes we were given or that we adopted that is so um, messed up, honestly, and unhealthy. And um, I would just challenge that if that is you um, to just really take a look at that and uh, see if that's really true for you. I think it's a really important point that you bring up too, that with medication, one size doesn't always fit all. No. You know, because we're all so incredibly unique and, you know, who's to say this one cocktail of a medication is going to work for person A, B, and C in the same manner, in the same way. So, you know, I think it's really important, a a really important message uh, and, and also the message of getting help and not being ashamed to get help because you're right, there is a stigma out there. Um, And, you know, just because you need help, it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength to say, you know, I recognize that I have a problem and I want to do something about it. I want to be assertive and I want to help to make my life better and the people who interact with me, their lives better. So, you know, kudos to your mom for taking her medication and and trying to do the best that she could to handle the situation the best way she could. It's sad that it couldn't it couldn't help her in the way that perhaps it's helped others, you right. know. But there should be compassion there for her, too, because she didn't ask for any of that either. Absolutely. So um, it sounds like your dad's a really nice guy, too. And he was very patient and understood what she was dealing with and battling. You know, it's just I think adults being an an adult now, I, I see how easy we get overwhelmed with life and and just things. And sometimes we do, we dump more on people than we want to because we're just so exhausted and we need help. And so we dump on the people closest to us to pick up, help pick up the pieces and and keep things moving forward, you know? 
So yes, my dad has been incredibly patient with my mom. I think they've been married now. I should know this, but I think it has been about 53 years. Wow. Wow. And uh, he has- um, Oh, five, three. (laughs) Wow. When I was growing up, he was a pharmacist. So his hours were insane, like nine to nine often. Back when Eckerd Drugs was a thing. Oh, Eckerd Drugs. Um, Wow. That's a blast from the past. He definitely wasn't intending- in any way to like just pile it on or to ignore my needs. Um, and it was a survival. It yeah. was survival. And that is, um, I have mad respect for him, like crazy respect for him uh, for sticking with my mother through so many things and the way that she has treated him through some of those um the manias and uh, the depressions. Um, and he is always stuck by her side. So that's love. It is absolutely, you know, um, I just also wanted to, um, talk about a post I made on God stories radio this week, because it just fits into your testimony. So beautifully, I saw a mess. He saw a message. I saw a test. He saw a testimony. Thank you, Lord. And the scripture that I found um, for this is 1 John 5 through 9, and this is the New Living Translation. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God, and God has testified about his Son. So for all of you out there who don't believe in Jesus Christ, God himself has testified about his Son. And we need to take that very seriously and start changing our lives and realizing that there's a God out there who cares so much about us and loves us so much and doesn't give up on us. Well said. Yeah. Amen. All right. So uh, you said uh, another thing in the show mother of five. So, you know, I think a lot of times we see when we look at social media, when we turn on the the news, the television, whatever it is, we see the highlight reels, right? We see the, we see the, the fun and the good and the best parts of life. What's, uh, how do you keep it all together? When you, when you think about being a, a career woman, a, a wife, a mother of five, a, a Christian, what, what advice can you give to people out there? They're trying to juggle and balance all those balls and, and how do you keep it together? I don't keep it together. <laughs> ah, that's why you need Jesus. <laughs> yes. So I've heard a lot recently and it's so true that, that it's a lie. What people say that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Um, and I think, uh, like, if I had had two kids, maybe I could have handled that. Um, if I had had one kid, maybe I could have handled that. Um, but I have five and I know I can't handle that. So without neighbors, uh, like Joe sitting here next to me, or, um, just like even tonight, you know, my son had a, um, a band concert tonight and I had a friend that took out my three-year-old to Chick-fil-A for dinner. Um, so there are so many people who step into our, um, our lives and just speak into them. And we are a village and we are uh, helping one another out and just loving one another and uh, serving one another so well. And that is what God asked us to do. Um, He asked us to love him and to love one another. Um, And that's what it looks like. And, uh, you know, 
we don't keep it together. Yesterday we had a, um, our dog brought in a dead squirrel and put it on our bed. Um, so there are always new adventures every day in our house. I mean, it just really, you can't make this stuff up. Um, and it, it is, it is just an, every day is an adventure. If anything, it keeps us young and it keeps, um, us on our toes. And, uh, I'm so thankful for every one of the kids and just the adventures that God gives us. And I think that God is always teaching us because, um, they teach us every day, uh, new things. And, um, just the other day, my husband, uh, works, uh, sometimes over at Lake Louisa state park, which is right down the street. And he does, uh, and we decided to take a little tour with him on a Segway, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Um, not too old for that. And as we're doing that, we saw these beautiful rose natal plants and I like to do photography sometimes. And I like to have people go sit out in the rose natal plants and, um, they're gorgeous. And we're on this tour and he's looking at them and telling me how they're invasive. And I didn't think much of it. And then later that same day, I'm doing pictures of a senior that's graduating this year. And I'm having her take some pictures in that same grass. And she left for the night and I went back and sat in that field and I just sat there just talking to God and the wind was blowing and the sun was peeking in and out of the clouds and it was just gorgeous. And as it was hitting that grass, it was just making this beautiful red color. And I just remember asking God, how could something so beautiful be invasive? And it was one of those moments where it just hit me the clarity of that because something so beautiful, so many things in life that are beautiful are bad for us. So I was thinking about all the things Truth. Yeah, in life and just what invasive means and how um, so many things that may look appealing to us are often bad for us. So I might want that beautiful Jeep Wrangler that I've always wanted. And I have five children instead and they won't even fit in the Jeep Wrangler. But <laughs> they uh, it's not for, for me. me right it's now. that double quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful and it but and it's for someone else. And that that rosenade will grow somewhere, just not in my yard. So Wow. Well said. That'll preach right there, right? <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, well, Fritz and Tina, thanks for uh thanks for having us in tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Well, I so tell you, I if I hadn't known, you know, it sounded like you have told that story many times. Very confident. Absolutely. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Very confident and you can tell uh, you can just feel your emotion, you know, twirling around in there. But that's the power of the testimony. And that's why we have to tell it. And there is there is somebody who's going to listen to this that needs to hear this. That is correct. Oh, Thank you, so. Joe. That is, that is correct. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's uh, it's fun. it's been a while since I sat next to Tina. Usually I'm in here filling in for, so I guess I won't take her job tonight. Tina, what, what do people do if they want to do the same thing Kelly did tonight? <laughs> they can email us at godstoriesradiotina at gmail.com. Uh, they can also just reach out on social media too, and we will contact them. So we do have a Facebook page called God Stories Radio, and we would appreciate it if you would like the page because then we can shout your name out and say thank you for liking us. And then not only that, you'll get messages, um, just positive, encouraging messages to keep you going through the week. Um, and then you can talk to us directly, um, whether you need prayer or you just want to say something, um, or even if you wanted to be a guest on the show, it's another platform that you can uh, contact us. And, uh, God stories radio is, is, I guess, caught up with COVID times. We'd love to have you here in the studio, but if you're not local to central Florida, we do have the capability to, to bring you in virtually as well. So you bet. no matter where you are in the world, you can call in, dial in video in. 
just come in however you want to come in. Absolutely. <laughs> we'd love to have you. For, uh, for our listeners that may have missed last week's show, we'd encourage you to go back and just take a listen and hear where God Stories Radio is is trying to go in the future. We'd still love to hear from you and, and hear your perspective on uh, what the future of this really amazing mission means to you. So, uh, gosh, thanks everybody so much for for listening Amen. and yeah. being part of the GSR family. And uh, one one last thing, it's uh, it's it's not free to do this. I'm always struck when I, when I come and sit in this studio and Fritz and Tina and, and Mike have always been so, so humble and so modest about what they do, but uh, it, it does cost uh, some dollars to buy the equipment and, and pay for the subscriptions and everything else to, to bring this to you. So if it's on your heart, we just ask you to go to godstoriesradio.com. There is a donate button there. Every dollar helps and just helps keep this ministry uh, on the air and Fritz will get us the numbers, but in gosh, over what, a hundred countries now? Oh, way over. Oh, yeah. Way over 100 around yeah. the world. Yeah, I think. 138, something like that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I got to look through my book again. Yeah. The number. Well, Mikey was the stats guy, so I guess one of us have to choose who's going to do it. So. <laughs> well, I, I know where he is right now, and he's looking down saying, Yeah, he's guys, laughing right now. Come, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> you oh, can do Mikey, a better job than that. We love you. We love you, Mikey. Yeah, he's in a good place, man. He's rejoicing. We're rejoicing for him. Well, that's awesome. Thanks again, Kelly, for coming in. And you're always welcome back because I have a feeling there's going to be a part two to this. And I want to hear it first. Thank you for having me. A little zealous. But anyway. All right. Well, make sure you follow us on Mixler, too. If you ever want to hear us live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mixler, we are live. And that's Mixler.com slash God dash stories dash radio. That is the link. And it is www.godstoriesradio.com, as Joe mentioned. If you want to throw some change in our PayPal, every little bit helps. And uh, it's approaching the end of the year, tax time and license fees and things like that. So we appreciate you. Anyway, well, that about wraps it up for session 286. I'm Fritz. And I'm Tina. And we love you and we appreciate having you. On behalf of everybody in the studio, we'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.